of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forevermore. Amen. Please be seated. Well, a very good evening to all of you guys. I'd like to welcome you all for another Bible study or Bible lecture. Tonight, my, my beloveds, we're going to talk about path of Christ. Now, the word path of Christ, uh, I, I chose specifically that title, is to see, are we really walking in his path or are we not? Are we really walking in his path or are we not? I've chosen a couple of verses from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 7, and verses 13 and 14. It says, Matthew 7, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And glory be to our Lord Jesus forever and ever. Amen. My beloved, the Lord Jesus here and these two verses is simply comparing life to a path that we walk in. He's comparing life to a path. Well, we can physically walk in a path and we can mentally walk in a path. So I could maybe one day get up and start walking in Cecil Hills and I'll say, I'm taking this path, this today, and I'm going to walk the distance. That's the literal physical sense. But there is also the emotional, the mental, the spiritual. So I could be really basically sitting in my own room, yet in my head I am walking so many different paths. So the Lord says, do not enter through the wide gate, in simple terms, because the wide gate has a wide and broad path, and many walk through that wide gate, but that wide gate and that path leads to destruction. Yet I say to you, the Lord says, I say to you, walk through the narrow gate because the path is narrow and only few find it. But that narrow path leads to eternal life. 
gives you life. When it comes to walking in any particular path, and please, I'd like to you know, have your attention uh, tonight because it's an interesting topic. When we come to walk in any particular path, we choose not to walk alone. Most of the times we choose not to walk alone. Why? Because we are afraid to walk alone. We are afraid because we might fail. And if I'm alone, there is no one else to back me up. So what do we do naturally, natural instinct, we choose to walk in a path that there are other people already walking in it so that I can feel sort of being comforted here. Well, if something goes wrong, there is people around me. I'll give you an example. Let's say I go and I want to catch a train. And I'm standing at this, I come and arrive at this particular train station and it's the first time I'm going to this, uh, to this place that I'm going to. So I walk into that uh, train station not knowing which train to catch. I'm just giving you an example. So what I'm going to do, when I arrive at the station, I'm going to start looking for people. And then the first one I meet, I say, excuse me, does the next train go to Circular Quay? And that person might come back and say to me, I hope so. I hope so it does. He's not sure. But even his uncertainty has already given me that comfort. At least I hope so it's going to get there. There is someone there with me if something goes wrong. And very well so, the train is not going to end up at Circular Quay. But you know what? I was still at an ease to a certain degree traveling in that train because there's another guy that thinks it's going to get to Circular Quay. Yet he's not sure, I'm not sure. But just his presence being there gave me that comfort. But that's dangerous. Doesn't work out always. And that's what I'm trying to get all of us to. It's that comfort. Are we really looking for that comfort zone? Is everything that I feel comfortable with good for me? No. Is everything that I feel discomforted with bad for me? No. What is my intention is what really matters. Are you with me so far? Good. Walking with people in that same direction, which I hear it myself from a lot of people, young and older generation. You know the ones that come from Bashika and Iraq Khabibi? You know the old-fashioned Apple Macintosh? We're all Windows XP now, like it's a new uh, technology. They're still using 1914 computer. Bang, bang, you know, old-fashioned. Anyway, when we are walking, why the Lord Jesus says, do not enter through the wide gate, the wide the broad path because many go through it one of the reasons there are so many reasons but I'll give you a couple one when you are walking with so many people you can very well easily get distracted from hearing God's voice because everyone else around you is talking and you are listening and paying attention to people when 
you're not going to have the time to pay attention to what God is really saying to you. You get distracted. And don't we get distracted with our life schedules? My goodness. I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. I've been running around like a chook without a head. I've got to do this assignment. I've got to study. I've got to work. I've got, uh, got to take my mom to the doctors. My little sister, I've got to mind. I've got to, oh man. And then I've got to do my own fingernails. And my eyebrows. And I've got to do my own shopping. I'm going to Parramatta. So I'm going to Para, to Para Para. To fly there I'm going shopping and then you go in there and you say I'm gonna spend an hour you end up spending the entire time till the entire shopping center is closed you actually close it and you leave to go home too busy it's too noisy our lifestyle we need to really watch what we do how we are living our life are we really too chaotic? There's too many people and too many people like too many things, too many events taking place, not enough time to have a bit of a quiet moment for myself between the Lord and I. Too many people in the path distract me. And then I say, well, where is Jesus? Hang on, where are you in relation to him? You've left him, he didn't. You're too busy in that big wide path. Too busy. You know what? Our Lord Jesus in this, para, in this, in this particular um, saying of his, or parable if we can say, or in these verses, he's imploring that most people are going on a vacation. Walking in that wide door, wide path, it's like going on a vacation. What's going on a vacation like? When you go on a vacation, they're only going to show you the good sights of that city. Huh? You go on a vacation, you're sitting in this, in this bus, it's a tourist bus, and you've got the tour guide. They're not going to take you to the junkie place of Sydney. They're going to show you the Darling Harbour. And all the important sightseeing in the city. And you say, wow, what a great travel. The white path, walking with people, and people guiding you in your life, they're only going to show you the honey side of the life, not the sour side of the life. Eh? Well, I'll give you an example. You go out with friends. Hmm? You go out with friends. Why do you stick to those friends? Because they're always nice to you. Are you going to stick with someone that is a little bit nasty and say, don't do this, this is wrong, enough, stop it, that's not good for you, not good for your health, stop smoking, stop drinking, stop doing this, stop mixing with these people. That's why your parents are the most friends that get on your nerve because they always say no, 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 or most of the time. So when you stick with those friends, 
One of the main reasons is because they go with the flow, brother. So, you know, everything is cool. For them, everything is cool. You do whatever you want to do. As long as you're not hurting anyone, hey, that's, you got to enjoy life. Come on, we're not a, living in a prison. You're not a nun, you're not a monk. To shut the door behind you and not watch television and home, home and away or neighbors in the good old days. But anyway, I stick with these friends because everything is cool. We go out, we have fun, we dance, club in. But this kind of path is a vacation. They are not showing you the real side to the life. They are showing you the fantasy of it. It's a vacation. You know, when you go to any country on holidays, you fall in love with that country. Why? Because it was just like a dream. I was passing by like a shadow, and the sightseeing that I've seen, I said, this is the best country. I wish I could live there forever, for the rest of my life. Well, <laughs> let me take you to that same country and show you the ugly side of it. Then what are you going to say? It is important for us to see the ugly side. Not always the beautiful, smooth, cruising side of life. The wide path that many walks in is no good. Because only, only shows you the scenic sides. You know? What the good sides. We need to see also some ugly little corners in the city where people live literally in the gutter. We need to see that. But how many people walk that path to go and visit the homeless, to go and visit the, the ones who are in prison, to go and visit the ones who are in hospitals, to go and, and think and visit people in my mind. It's another path. Go and visit them and think of those who are starving from hunger in Africa, in Iraq, in the Middle East, being killed, being slaughtered. How many of us are visiting those narrow paths? Very little. How many of us are going in the white path? Parties, dancing, clubbing, singing, drinking, traveling, hanging around, having fun, being dressed up every day in a different outfit, going shopping, doing your fingernails, perfumes, clothing, fashion. How many of us walk in that path? That path is a vacation. It's not showing you the real side of life. It says in here, journey is a sightseeing. They don't get to show you the real world. But the Lord Jesus in here is saying, strive, work hard to walk in the narrow, through the narrow door. Because the narrow door has the narrow path. Work hard to walk through that narrow door. Well, in the general sense, apparently, and looks like it from experience, nothing good in this life comes easy. Nothing good in this life comes easy, even to those who, are, who do not believe in the existence of God. 
Now, as a Christian, I might say, well, Jesus says, walk in the narrow door. That means, you know, really work hard to achieve something. But even to an atheist who believes there is no God, he or she, they know for sure that good things don't come easy. You've got to work hard at it. Example, happiness, pleasure, success. You want to become a doctor. You want to be a teacher. Nothing good comes easy. You want to drive a Mercedes-Benz, there's a price tag to it that goes with that, with that brand, with that model. You want to drive a Ford Falcon 1975, there's a price to it as well. Good things don't come easy. You've got to work hard at them. Well, if we are aware of this, that to get somewhere I need to work hard, then as a Christian, shouldn't I be thinking twice more harder, where will I end up after this life? Is it really just I come and live in this world and when I die, everything comes to an end? Now, if that was the case, my dear friends, logically speaking, we are the most miserable creation ever to exist. What a, what a miserable end, man. Like I, I came and I did this and I worked hard and I achieved a beautiful house, beautiful car, beautiful job, beautiful everything. And then death comes and takes everything away in a split second before I blink my eyes. And then you say, that's it? That's it? What? What a miserable end. What a joke. Then what was the meaning for me to exist in the first place? What, did I just come to this world to die? And that's it? Come on, man. There's got to be something more to it. Something more deep. Something more precious than this world a hundred billion times over. Endless time over. Then as far as this world is concerned, the good things in this life I have to work hard at. Then should I be striving to achieve God's kingdom in the end of my journey in this life? It's worth it. It's really worth it. So in this parable, walk through the narrow door, the Lord simply is saying, good things don't come easy. That's what he's trying to say. Good things don't come easy. Now, another thing why we shouldn't walk through the wide gate, where so many people walk through it. Well, we said because there's a lot of distraction. Everybody's talking. You won't have the time for yourself, and certainly you won't have the time for your Creator. You're too busy with the surroundings. Another, part, another thing, when you walk through the wide door or gate, whatever you're carrying with you, you will easily get them through. So what are you carrying with you from the past? What luggages are you carrying with you, my dear friend? It's a wide gate. So if you've got 10 luggages, no problem, sir. Bring him on. You can get through. No worries. So you are hanging on the past 
and the wide gate is not letting you give or not giving you the chance ever to let go of the past you keep on carrying the past with you because you're walking in the wide gate so you're living the past in the present biggest mistake ever biggest mistake ever you cannot live the past in the present simply because the past is gone finito capuch stop living that mirage where you think there is water ahead of you in the middle of the desert and you keep on chasing that water it's not water wake up it's just a vapor but what he can do about the past is learn from it because simplistically speaking is the only school that you can learn from the present I'm still living it I can't learn from it because I'm still living it the future hasn't come then what have I really lived and gone beyond is my past I need to look behind me to learn from my past but not to hang on to it and to bring it into the present and into the future because I will always be miserable I'll be miserable in the positive sense and in the negative sense there is a difference between learning from the past and looking back and living the past and I can take that in every relationship in every relationship friends husband and wife brother and sister mother and daughter father and son priest and the congregation what is the past is the past stop bringing it back stop bringing it back it's the biggest mistake we all fall into every time something happens I bring the past again enough let go it's gone people come into a relationship and I mean a serious relationship like a marital relationship and the boy and the girl each one of them is bringing two luggages full of their past life and they wanna implement it into this new life that's why you're gonna have problems two different thinking school of thoughts this one was raised in this particular family and this one was raised in this particular family two different minds two different cultures maybe two different terminology of life you can't implement your way and your way into this new life because you're gonna clash always what you need to do what have I learned from my past uprising and uprising not rising uprising and what have I learned as well let's come and now mold it in that it fits in the new lifestyle so what have I learned from my past people hurt me people always degraded me people went against me and destroyed my reputation I was a bad guy I was a bad girl I did a lot of bad things and now I regret them but you know what I'm saying I shouldn't have done it I shouldn't have done it I should have realized what was right why did I do it why did I keep, why, why did I keep on doing it you know what a stupid person I am what a silly person I am uh, you know I'm good for nothing well 
Abba, I'm going to give you an uppercut, brother. Wake up. You did it. It's gone. Get up. Change your way of thinking. And look at ahead. Because at the end of the tunnel, there is light always. It is never over until the fat lady sings. So we carry a lot of luggages when we go through the wide gate. Now let's come to the narrow gate. The narrow gate is for the person who is a single-minded discipline person. Because it's narrow, one at a time, baby. One person at a time. The gate is so narrow, it only fits one. And you know what I was saying about the luggages? Imagine you're carrying the past with you. When you walk through the narrow gate that the Lord Jesus is, is really pushing you to go through, it's not bad. It's good. You may think, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to feel I'm lonely. But you know, being lonely sometimes is not a negative thing. Because when you are carrying the past with you in those full luggages, when you come to walk through the narrow door that only fits you, you have no choice but to let go of all the luggages you're carrying. Then all of a sudden you walk through the narrow door and you might think that it's going to be heavy burdened. All of a sudden it was the contrary to it. You feel at ease. Wow. I had a lot of weight on my shoulders. I walked through the narrow door of my Lord Jesus and all the weight got taken away. I feel like a feather, flying high, baby, flying high. Therefore, when you walk through the narrow door, it is not a burden that another person is putting it upon you, but it's rather a burden of your own choice that you have put upon your own self because of the greatness and the giftedness that you may have. You are gifted that you chose to walk through the narrow door because it takes a lot of guts and a lot of wisdom and a lot of strength to say, I decide to walk through this narrow door where I'm going to feel the pain. The natural sense says, walk where it's easy, brother. Why bother? Why think hard? Do what's easy. Take the shortcut. Even if it's going to cost you your life, but a shortcut is nice. Going the long way, it's too hard and time-consuming. But maybe going the long way has saved you a lot of ways that would have misled you to a lot of bad things and when you choose to put the burden on yourself to walk through the narrow door therefore it becomes a choice it's not slavery so let me have a look again those who walk in the wider door they've been enslaved to it but those who walk in the narrow door they are absolutely free people. Now, walking through the narrow door may, to a certain degree, make you feel that you are alone. 
because there's no more people walking with you at the same time. They can't fit in. That's only one. So I walk in that narrow door and I feel sometimes, don't we feel that we are alone? Huh? Tell me the truth. Have you ever had this feeling? You know, I'm lonely. I don't have anyone with me. Um, my friends have left me. And what a miserable life this is. No, it's not. It's the best life, brother. Because people can't do you any good. It's Jesus who does everything good for you. But therefore you need to live with people through Christ. Not live with, not live with Jesus through people. Live with people through Christ. Not live through people with Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is don't live through people with Christ. That means I will live with Jesus the way it pleases me and the people around me. It's not what pleases Jesus. So, Jesus, I love you. I'm going out. Right? But I love you. I prayed. I prayed. I'm with you, Jesus, but my way and my friend's way. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to come back at four o'clock in the morning and I'll say, thank you, Lord, for bringing me back in one piece. But maybe Jesus was not happy. What if we come and I'm living uh, with people through Christ? My friends call me and say, we are going out and we're going to hang out, bro. And you know what? And if the atmosphere is right and really ripe, right temperature, we might spend the night in a, in a little hotel room in Darlinghurst, that one, Darling Harbor. And then your friends call you and it, and it you know, it sounds white door, honey, sweet, yeah, beautiful. But then Jesus says, don't go out. That's the narrow door. It's very uncomforting for me. But I love going out, man. But Jesus says, walk through the narrow door. He says, don't go out because it's not going to be good later on for you. And then when I decide not to go out, what's going to happen? My friends are gone and I'm left alone. The natural sense is good is not good for me but it's good for my for my destiny it's good for my end it's good for my future i can't just always be present tense i need to live my present tense for the future so what do i own are you with me guys what do i own listen to this carefully the only thing that I own, O-W-N, the only thing that I own is this tick. This second. That's all I own. I don't own the clothes that I'm wearing. I don't own the house that I'm living in. I don't own the car that I'm driving. I don't own myself. 
the only thing that is mine is this second tick. Every tick is a new life for me. And that tick, I should look at the past, learn from it to have a bright future. What is mine is the present tense, and the present tense is the tick. Because every second is a new life. Jesus, through his mercy and grace, gave it to me. Because if Jesus does not will it for me to live another second, he will certainly take my life. And no one can stop Jesus from taking my life. Then rest assured, my dear friend, that for you to live another second and another second, it is the ultimate grace that Jesus is giving you, in this world at least, a new life. Thank him for it. When we talk about the age, is one unit. What's your age? 15. What's your age? 25. What's your age? 18. Whatever it is. It's one whole unit. But when you talk about your life, is divided into a lot of units. My life is made up of seconds, split seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and years. Why? Jesus permitted for that to happen out of his grace again because he says if in this particular second you didn't get a chance to fix up your problem I gave you another second to come you couldn't do it in the second in the next minute you couldn't fix it in the next minute in the next hour in the next day in the next week in the next month every time passes you by is another chance for you to come back to Jesus think about the real life, not the vacation life. Not that just having fun and enjoying life. There is the real side to life. Who am I? What am I? What is expected of me to do in this world? What is my duty, obligation, responsibility? Therefore, you can slow your destiny by joining the mediocre crowd. You can slow your destiny by joining the mediocre crowd and heedlessly fly down the path of least resistance. You can slow your destiny by joining the mediocre crowd and flying down, cruising in the path of least resistance. In simple English, do what is the easiest thing in life to be done. What is the easiest thing in life to be done? What is it? You say it. I don't care. <laughs> Have you heard of this word? I don't care. Huh? I don't care. What do you mean I don't care? Or I'll give you another thing. Another word we use, or another terminology, which doesn't exist really, it's a fantasy. What are you doing? Nothing. Can anyone come and explain what nothing really is? There is no such thing as nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. What's happening? I don't care. What are you doing? Nothing. Where are you going? I don't care. I just go. Nothing. I don't care. Nothing. 
I don't care. Nothing. Walk like an Egyptian. You know what? You want to slow your destiny? Say, I'm doing nothing. I'm joining the mediocre crowd. And I'm cruising through every path that has no resistance. That means I'm just looking for what's easy. Honey, honey, make me money. And you want to sit on the doll and do nothing. And I don't care. And you expect to have a million dollars in your account. I just wonder how that happens. Out of thin air, money doesn't grow on trees. You've got to work hard, baby. Wake up and smell the roses. And that's why some people take the easy path and, and walk through that easy path. Okay, what's the easiest path that brings me money? I'm going to walk in there. What's the easiest path to get me this car? I'll do it just to get that car. What is the easiest path to pass the exam? I'll cheat. I'll write it on my palm of my hand. I'll write it on my thigh. I'll write it everywhere and I'll put it. And when the teacher walks and gives his back to me or her back to me, I'll look it up. Easy. But what does that do? Slows down your destiny. Hanging around Mecca's is not the ideal thing to do if you want to be a doctor. And getting just Centrelink money and being slacker, dumb, I don't care, I don't want to work. What? Who cares anyway? And what's the difference? Whether you work or not, at the end, we're all going to die. Ash on your head, Just because you're going to die, that doesn't mean for you to slacken off. And there is no such thing as I don't care. And I'm doing nothing. Take that out of your system. Slows your destiny. Good things come hard. You want to be a doctor, you better be studying at home. Shutting the door behind you and doing your assignments and studying hard. Not hanging around with these crowd and cruising down. And you went out and came back at 3 o'clock in the morning and you are on the top of the world, man. That is beautiful. But you know what happens? What Jesus says here, which is the truth, is going to come into light and into reality, and the reality is going to hit you, and it's going to be painful. And when is that going to hit you? At graduation day. You saw some of your friends studying hard, and you were laughing at them. He said, what an idiot. Look at him, studying for the exams. Who cares, man? Okay, you're going to study, you're going to study, study. And then what are you going to end up? Be a teacher, get 50,000 a year. And I don't need to do nothing and I'll get 100,000 a year. So what is this certificate going to do for you? But at graduation day, hmm, when they dress up in that beautiful... Uh, um, looks like my dress, you know. It's, uh, it's a kind of long skirt and a long dress and a big hat and your parents are there and your friends are there and your relatives are there and they cheer and when you come on the stage your name is being called out and you walk down that path, baby, to receive the certificate and a big handshake from the principal, whoever that person is 
and everybody's cheering on. Yeah, you made us all proud. This is priceless, brother. This is priceless. Then you're going to look and say, I wasted my life having so-called fun, which is nothing. <laughs> you got to do something. Even multimillionaire people work hard. Just because they're rich people, they don't slacken off. Working hard is faith. But for a good intention, of course. So at graduation day, everything comes out into the light. And then you will see the difference. Another thing, my dear friends, to, to gain people's respect is not easy. To gain people's respect is not easy. You've got to work hard at that and earn their trust. Generally speaking, um, the direction of my life only comes with one choice in a lifetime. What am I going to choose in my life? Where do I, where do I want to end up? This is one choice. And it's a one-off choice that I make in my life to actually set my direction, set my direction in life. It's a one-off choice. It's a one-off choice, and it's not a joke. And, you, and to some of us might say, oh, well, look, you know what, I don't care now, I'll think about it when the time comes. But maybe you won't have the time then to think about it. Then when you make that decision in life, then you've set your destiny. And that choice normally is a one-off. There's no choices, it's one choice. What do, where do you want to end up? It's a one choice. But it can be changed, but as long as you don't stay stubborn in that choice till the end. You don't stay stubborn in that choice till the end. It can be changed. Don't leave it until it's too late. Don't leave it until it's too late. You have more potential than you will have opportunity to actualize. You have more potential than opportunity to actualize those potentials. Simple English. Windows of opportunities, they come your way. And sometimes you take them, sometimes you don't. But those windows of opportunity, they are not yours. But what is yours? Potential. What do you have? What talents do you have? What gifts do you have? This is yours. You have the control over that. But you know what? You've got the control over your potentials to actualize a meaning to bring him into life. To bring him out of you and really implement them. What talents do you have? Why are you hiding them? And you know what? I've got the potentials to make the opportunities possible. Yet, I'm sitting down waiting for opportunities to come. You make the opportunity. Don't wait for the opportunity to come. You have the potential for that.
Are you with me? Well, you know what? I've been waiting for so long to find the right guy to marry. If you don't go out searching, when are you going to find the right guy? I've been waiting so long to get a good, decent job. Well, what talents do you have? Implement them in order for that good job to be yours. By sitting down and then crying for yourself and feeling miserable and saying, how come these people are doing good and I'm not? Well, maybe you need to look inside of you. Stop looking outside. And stop looking at yourself as a failure. Stop. Every one of us has talents from the Lord Jesus. Every human being has gifts from the Almighty God because God is all loving and God is all fair. He gives His gifts to all creations, to all humans, those who love Him and those who don't, those who acknowledge Him and those who don't. Every single human being has gifts and talents. Look inside and see what you have and work on it through the Lord's help. He will make you build up that talent. Then, that opportunity that you were waiting for, it, you made it possible. You don't wait for it. The opportunity is waiting there for you to grasp it. I'm hopeless. I study, nothing gets into my head. I study from here, I forget from here. And then you say, well, you know what? It wasn't meant for me. Get a life. Do you have a brain? Yes. Well, everybody's got a brain. You can study. But you know what you were doing? Even though you can be whatever you want. Even though you can be whatever you want. But you know what? Sometimes you can see that I'm really talented in this. I'm gifted in this. It's like a natural thing. I don't have to work on it. I've got this talent already. Make it grow. Enhance it, improve it, enlarge it, expand it, enlighten it. Then you can do anything and everything. Yes, you can study, but maybe you were studying something that maybe you are not gifted in. Seek the Lord. And that's going to be the next thing. How do I know what is the will of God in my life? Before I go on to what is the will of God in my life, I just want to say this. The Lord Jesus in these two verses, He is suggesting to all of us to walk in the path that is least walked in. We normally tend to do the opposite. Everybody is doing it. Why am I the only different person not to do it? Well, maybe you need to walk in the path that is least walked in. Even though you may look weird, even though they may laugh at you, make fun of you, but maybe it is the will of God for you to walk on that path. Don't walk just because everybody's walking there. And don't do just because everybody is doing it. You know, 
she dress up in this way and they all dress up in this way then I'm no different I'll just dress up with just like everyone else you're a Christian you're not just everyone else you are unique you are the daughter and the son of Jesus Christ you don't belong to everyone you belong to Jesus Christ alone and who says you have to do what others do who says that the devil you don't have to do that there is no such thing as I have to I gotta blend in I gotta fit in into that picture no Habibi you don't have to fit into that picture Habibi means Habibi my darling my center link Jesus is saying walk through the narrow door because many walk through the, the, the wider door but a few find the narrow door but that door leads you to eternal life doesn't matter I look weird but I'm walking it for my Christ I'm not walking it for the world because where is the world going to end up in absolute destruction that's where it's going to end up you want to be destroyed you want to have a failure and a miserable outcome well do what others are doing walk the path that is least walked in and doesn't matter even if I look weird and not all up there few fuses have gone haywire tiz, tiz. the way that you walk in leads to other ways and other paths I'll leave that with you think about it you can certainly change the course of your direction have you been too long in this path do you want to change well maybe this path to some is a particular religion maybe to some this path is a particular tradition some say this is all I know this is what I was taught this is what my dad said and this is what my grandpa said and this is what my next door neighbor said to me so I just do what I know I just do what I get told Habibi you don't just do it just because it's the trend and the and this path you've been too long in and you just went I'm too comfortable I don't like changes I'm too afraid human nature doesn't like change you know I'm in my comfort zone please leave me there and I'm, I am a weakling. I walk out, a little breeze hit me, I get high fever, I sick. This life is not for weak people. Be strong people. Huh? Of strong will. And just walk. Never fear, for the Lord is here. Just because you're comfortable in that path, don't you know build the nest and lay eggs there look for challenges brother it's good huh? challenges are good look for some waves come your way don't say oh another wave is coming I'm scared just like Simon Peter said we're sinking we're sinking master don't you care how come you're asleep in the back of the boat and we're dying man the, the water is coming into the boat we're gonna sink we're gonna die Jesus wakes up, he says, 
What's wrong, oh, you of little faith? Get out of my sight, man. The little wave shook you. Wave, shut up. The whole ocean became calm. Why fear when Jesus is your Lord? Why run away from challenges? Face them. Because that boat can never reach the shores of peace unless cuts through that wave. If the boat turns and gives the side to the wave, the wave will turn it over and it will perish. The only way for that boat to make it to shore is to cut through the wave, cut through the challenges that you face don't give your sight to them because they will tip you over. Be strong and say, in your name, Lord, I will go through him and I will come on the other side unscratched without any dents. Finding God's will in our life. I'll give you five points where we can find God's will in our lives. Pay attention. Five things. And I see them important things that we can find God's will in our life. The first one and most important, prayer to pray. Second one, His Word, the Holy Bible. Third one, circumstances that happen in our lives. Fourth one, our heart, baby. And the fifth one, others around us well let's come to the prayer with the prayer the prayer brings you into the presence of God you want to know the will of God you better go to him and get it from him and to get to him the only way for that is the prayer every time you pray you better believe you are standing in God's presence he is hearing you and you better believe that. Don't ever get suspicious of what you are saying and praying. And when you get the answer, take it that it's His will for you. Prayer is very important. Prayer is being in God's presence. You want to know His will? What's His will in your life? Be in His presence. Prayer does that. To His word. So simple. The Holy Bible is the thought of God. You know what? Jesus, our Lord, in the Holy Baptism gave us His Spirit. And the Holy Eucharist gave us His body and soul. The soul in the blood and the body in the bread. This is my body and this is my blood, my soul. So, what is the complete, perfect human being? Body, soul and spirit. First, Thessalonians 5.23, St. Paul says that the human being is made out of body, soul, and spirit. Jesus gave me his spirit through baptism. Jesus, my Lord and Savior, gave me his body and soul through the Holy Eucharist, the Holy Communion. Now, I've received him. Body, soul, spirit. What is missing? The thought of Christ. How do I gain the thought of Christ? The Holy Bible is the thought of Christ. You want to know what the will of God in your life is? 
The Holy Bible is the will of God in your life. His word. Circumstances. God so many times opens doors and shuts doors in our lives. So many times. You better look at His will. You prayed about something and you were hoping for the door to open and it slammed into your face. And then what happens? You come back, you become suspicious about your prayer. You say, well, God is not answering my prayer. No, He answered it. He shut the door because He knew that was the best thing for you. You were hoping for the door to open, but He said, no. If I open the door now, it's not going to be good for you. You prayed for the door to open, but I'm going to shut it. And when the, that, when the door gets shut, it's not God has forgotten you. It's not God that has gone against you and He is your enemy all of a sudden and He's doing the opposite of what you're asking. And then you're going to start saying, well, God, if you love me, how come you're hurting me? He's not. He did it for your sake, for your goodness. He shut the door because it was good. Learn that it is the will of God when sometimes the doors are being shut and sometimes are being opened. Learn from the circumstances. I applied for this job and I didn't get. I applied for this uni and I didn't go through. I went through the exam and I failed. And I really prayed. And they told me, I heard from people and from, from a priest and from Marmari, pray so you can pass the exam. Well, I prayed and I failed. I'm not going to pray anymore. I'm not going to listen to Marmari. I'm not going to listen to no one. No, my sweetheart. There was a reason this circumstance of your failure was the will of God. Maybe that failure was good for you to go through now. It was good. Because you know what? Failures sometimes stop us from doing things. And it's good. It's healthy. We can't just keep on running. Running always is dangerous because we can get tired and not make it. We can fall. We need to fail and stop. Circumstances. Learn that they are the will of God. Your heart. You know, sometimes you want to do something and you feel good about it. But I'm saying good intention, not like you're thinking of going to steal a car and you feel good about it and you say, oh, that was the will of God. No. I'm talking about good intentions morally and at least prudential reasons. Good values, you know. You want to do something good and you feel good about it. Go with your gut feeling, man. But you prayed, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, prayer is number one. You pray before you want to do it. Mm -hmm. You prayed and you felt good. Do it. It's a challenge. I don't know what outcome I'm going to reach, but do it. Why fear? Don't fear. You know why we, we have anxiety? You know what anxiety is? On the edge, agitated, kind of nervous, you know, scared. Huh? What if, what if, what if, what if? Shut up. 
You know why we have anxiety? We have, out of all creations of God, human beings, we have freedom. Freedom. When freedom is placed in front of something that's obscure, unknown, it's kind of hidden, dark, I don't know what the future is holding, when that freedom is placed in front of that unknown thing, I become anxious because I don't know what the outcome is. You know, I, I'm thinking of doing this, but I don't know how it's going to end up, so I become anxious about it and I start having all these feelings and emotions and butterflies going through. Don't. You pray, you do something, you don't know what the outcome is, but you prayed, you trust in your almighty Jesus, and you walk the distance in faith. Don't be afraid, and don't be hesitant. Walk it. I failed, thank you, Lord. I succeeded, thank you, Lord. But at least I did it. I tried it. And you learn from others. God's word stands on the testimony of two or three people. You prayed about something one day, and you are in the, in a, with a group of people, and you haven't spoken. And someone comes to you and says, you know, and he throws in a word. You were praying about that. And then another one comes and throws in a word. Wow. And another one comes and throws in a, another Same thing. But different people, different times, right? But I prayed in secret. Ah, was God's voice. Maybe it's His will. Ah, I got the answer now. Sometimes we get it from other people. Pray, prayer, the Holy Bible, circumstances that happen in our lives, our, our heart, how we feel about something we want to do for good intentions, and through others. And not only just someone comes and throws in a word like that. For example, you say, look guys, I was praying about this, and I don't know what to do. And all the people there, they say, no, Sargon, you better do it. We, we, we feel that it's good for you. If more, two, three, and four people say, yes, it's good, maybe you should go with it. If it's a good intention, as I said earlier. Not uh, what your friends tell you, and you just run away with everything that your friends tell you. Do not walk through the wide gates, because it's a wide path. And many people walk through it, but it leads to destruction. Walk through the narrow door because it's a narrow path and only few people find it and that path leads to life and eternal life. I'll leave you with this thought, my dear friends. It's from the book of Ecclesiastes. It's in the Old Testament, chapter 3, verse 3. Ecclesiastes is the book, uh, is in, is, uh, the book of King Solomon. King Solomon wrote three books. One is the Proverbs, Book of Wisdom. Two is um, the Book of Ecclesiastes, Repentance. And the other one is the Book of Song of Solomon, the love, the divine love 
of God to the human soul, the baptized human soul. Book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 3 says, it starts with, there's a time for everything under the sun. King Solomon is telling us, there is a time for everything under the sun. Verse 3, he says, there is a time to sow a seed or to plant, and there is a time to harvest what you've planted. Listen, guys, there is a time to plant a seed, and there is also a time to harvest what you have planted. What do we learn from this verse? King Solomon, through the Holy Spirit, is trying to teach us, there is a time to plant that is the beginning of your path. There is a time to harvest that is the end of your path. King Solomon is saying to all of us, when it comes to the beginning of the path, you have full choice of freedom in it. But when it comes to the end of your path, you have no choice at all. You have the choice to plant a seed of an orange tree. No one can stop you. But when you chose to plant the seed of an orange tree, do not whinge and complain and expect apple at the end. And that's what we do. I planted an orange tree and I jumped up and down and I said, how come I didn't get apple? I sowed, I sowed hatred all my life and I expected love at the end. Don't wait for it. It won't come. You want to have love in the end? You better sow the seed of love. We have a saying in English, what goes around comes around. But, when I sow the seed of love, what happens? Some people come to me and say, uh, Marmari, you know, I'm always showing love and all I'm getting is the opposite. I'm good and they're bad to me. You know what? I've had enough. That's it. Next time anyone goes bad at me, I'll just belch him one. No. You know why? Because when you plant that seed of an orange tree, do you get a fruitful tree overnight? No. It takes time before you have the fruits. But certainly you will have the fruits because there's a time for it. Just like there's a, there was a time for you to plant it, there will be a time 100% to harvest what you planted. But there is a time for you to be patient and tolerant till you get the fruits. But you will get them 100%. So when you sow the seed of love, don't expect the fruit of love overnight. Be patient. But endure. And he who endures till the end shall live. 100% at the end, you will harvest the seed or the fruit of love. Because that's what you planted. You will have obstacles. Hatred, being hated, rejected, hurt. You know, thrown out. But... Keep on planting love. 
Don't let people's behaviors change your destiny. Walk through the narrow door and feel the pain, but the fruits of love are awaiting you 100%. Be good to others so that others are good to you. What you plant, you will harvest. Don't expect people to be good to you. You be good to them. Because you need to sow the seed, not them. Because everyone has a choice. Don't let people's choices influence yours. If they're planting hatred, don't do it. And give them the same back. You plant love regardless what they're planting. Because they will harvest what they're doing. You want to harvest good? You better sow good. Do unto others as others do unto you because this is the law and the prophecy. What the Lord is saying, do unto others what others do unto you. Is there anyone here that wants to be disrespected, kicked, punched, hurt, lied upon, deceived, all the bad things? If you don't expect it to be done unto you, why do you do it to others? You don't want people to hit you. Why are you hitting people? You don't want people to lie to you. Why are you lying? You don't want people to hurt you. Why are you hurting others? Do unto others what others do unto you. You want to be treated in this particular way. You better treat people in that particular way. What goes around comes around. What you plant, you will harvest in the end. You need to be patient with it. God bless you all. Thank you for your time. Let's stand for the Lord's Prayer, guys. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. Love you, love you, love you.